This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. My name is Craig. Some people call me Axe. And on the other mic, still in his bathroom, is Barry. Right, Barry? Still in the bathroom. Yeah, still in the bathroom. I mean, I see you, so I know you are. And look at this, Barry. You see what this is? Snapple. This podcast is brought to you by... This is very exciting news. Fucking Snapple. You, you can't say that. I can if it's true. It's, I mean, Snapple. it's not brought to... What? It's, it's the best stuff, stuff it? the best stuff on earth. <laughs> Snap dude, Snapple knows this is going to be a huge season for the Knicks, so they're investing in us. And so you decided to tell me everyone on the fucking go out and buy your all natural Snap. It's all natural and it's delicious. The best stuff on earth. That went on way too fucking long, Barry. Just especially, like last night's lottery. Right? Especially I have a good feeling we're not getting paid for this. <laughs> All right. Oh, something this, tells me. <laughs> this is season two, episode 43. This is Randy from Los Bergen. I'm Mark. I've been a Knicks fan for 24 years. Hey, Craig and Barry. This is Rock from City Australia. I'm from D.C. Hey, guys. Steve this here. Manny from Stanford. Calling all the way from Palm Springs, California. It is a hard. It's a hard. It is a hard. Knicks. Knicks life. Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. What is up, Barry motherfucking D? What's up, Axe? How are you? The day after. The, the two days oh, after. Two days after the lottery. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm actually surprisingly good. I mean, that could have turned out way worse. Uh, you were actually at Slattery's for the viewing party. I was not. Lucky I was the senior. You. Would you say fuck you? No, I said lucky you. To be honest, I think if if uh, if I knew what it was going to be like, I probably wouldn't have even gone. To be honest with you, um, you know the event was supposed to what kick does that off. Mean? At, I'm, I'm going to explain. Like? I'm going to explain. The event was supposed to kick off kick off at seven thirty, but I had to work, so I didn't get there till eight. The place was packed. I mean, body to body, packed. Mm. Um, you know, it's a long, narrow bar, a little bit bigger opening in the lobby. You had Guys on the stairs with cameras. There was a video camera set up in there. There was a dude from ESPN in like this like $7,000 suit. But you couldn't move in there. But like right away I saw JB. Well, like talent from ESPN in a $7,000 suit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the reporter. Someone you recognize? I never saw him before. Um, By the way, I passed Chris Broussard on the street today. Did you? In Manhattan, yeah. I almost stopped him. Almost. And then I just let him go, like I always do. <laughs> so, uh, did you get interviewed by anyone? I know that MSG and ESPN were there. Yeah, I did not get interviewed by anyone, and um, and I, I felt bad because I dragged my cousin with me because I work I work with him, and he's not a big Knicks fan or whatever. But I, like I dragged him to this thing, and I, as soon as we got in there, I felt so bad. I I didn't have one drink at the bar. 
Because I couldn't even get, get up one? to the bar. No, you, I couldn't get up to the bar. I'm telling you, it was so tight in there. And like, I, I didn't even hang out with my cousin. It's so funny, too, because there's a video that ESPN put out. I don't know if it's on YouTube or if it was actually aired. And you see my big, tall cousin standing like right there in the center. And everybody's chanting, going nuts. And he's just standing there like he walked into the wrong fucking bar. It's really, <laughs> it's really amusing, you know. Um, I mean, all the video I saw and all the photos looked like everyone was having a great time. No, I mean, we were having a good, we were, were having a good you time. Were, you were miserable. I was miserable like, until it got to the countdown. Then, yeah, you're excited. You're, you're, you're chanting. You know, you're with your Nick Brotherhood. You know, it was all good. Yeah. But uh, but it was not comfortable until until it was over, and then people started drifting out, and you could actually like move around a little bit. But but by that point, I was starving. I was planning on eating there because. You know, we, we had other Knicks viewing parties and there was like room to sit down, get something to eat. I mean, it was crazy. And this it was on a Tuesday night. I thought for sure that there wasn't going to be a lot of people, you know, Knicks Film School and, and, and Alex Wolf, like, you know, and, and others who put this thing together. Like, yeah. they only started throwing together like two weeks ago. So it's crazy how much legs this thing got. The fact that. You know, the Post wrote about it the day before. The fact that ESPN sent a camera crew. They weren't all over the country. I mean, you saw all the places they cut to during the lottery. It was just slattering. You know, it was people amazing. love this shit more than the games for such a crap team like ours. Always. Right, right. This is always the more exciting stuff. If we held a, a viewing party or just a party for the start of free agency, it would be more, even more insane. <laughs> and we probably should do that. Yeah, I know, but like the thing with that though is like it's not like on the clock. Like, yes, it's like we know when it starts, but there's no like, you know, set time when you know something's gonna break. No, but right when that when six, I think they switched it now from July first to June thirtieth. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, At yeah. Six yeah. p.m. or something, and uh, like right when six p.m. or six thirty hits or whatever time it is, you start getting all the news from Woj. I mean, it's great. I cannot right. wait. Right. Um, so, so you were at the viewing party. What was the reaction like when we didn't get the fifth, when we didn't get the fifth pick? It was oh, nuts, right? it was, it was awesome. It was nuts. I, um, I do have actually before that, you know, like when they were going around, um, introducing who was representing each team. Right. I got a little bit of that because I mean, there was a couple of Patrick Ewing chants going on. There were definitely a lot of let's go Knicks chants, but listen to this as they were, you know, introducing, um, the team representatives. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he was getting so much love Patrick going every time he came up on the screen. Like I said, yeah, a ton it was of fucking awesome to see him back behind that logo. Yeah. And then um yeah, as soon as as soon as they announced that, you know, who was it? The um the Cavs got the the fifth pick and we knew that we didn't get fifth. Oh, the place went nuts. It was awesome. Like we felt <laughs> like we won right there. But then still, like, looming in the back of your head, like, you know the Lakers are still on the board, uh, you know? And you're, you know, you're like, oh, man, I hope the Lakers don't get the fucking number one pick. Right. That was you know? going to be, I mean, that's what everyone was thinking. That's, like, devastating if yeah. somehow. At that point, you were like, all right, I don't know if we're going to get the number one, but just please, God, let us have a better pick than the Lakers, right? So yeah. that was, that was yeah. like, the next hope at that exactly. point. Exactly, yeah. After beating out... Phoenix and Cleveland, yes, that was the next hope. Beat out, and then LA. we accomplished that. 
Yes. Right? Because then yeah. the Lakers got the four, and everyone fucking must have went berserk again. Oh, big time. Big time. <laughs> I saw it's this so one. funny. <laughs> you know, they, they, they start, they, you know, it starts with like the, what, number 10, right? Is where it started right. last night. Is that right? Was, I, I can't remember if it was number 15 or number 10, like where they start this countdown of like drawing the teams. And like everybody, including myself, goes nuts when they announce number 10. And I'm like, wait a second, we can't fucking... I mean, I, oh, no, you know what it was? I think the Celtics. It was maybe number 14 that the Celtics got. So that was probably part of it. The fact that, you know, fuck them, you know, we're happy that they got. But everybody's like cheering as if, uh, you know, at least it's not the Knicks, even though it couldn't have been. Yeah, I saw this one video of like... Some like boardroom or some some company where there were a lot of Knicks fans watching the, the lottery and they all went berserk at four. And then as they were going berserk, they announced the three. And it was the Knicks and they all like were devastated. Uh. But honestly, like I know that we were all hoping for the one at that point and just wanted us to keep dropping lower and lower or higher and higher, or however you want to say it. Sure. I don't what was the what was the what was what was the reaction like in the room? Because I so obviously I mean, there's a little disappointed, but yeah, overall well, that's when once you're in the top three, that's that's really good. Absolutely, I think that's what sunk in with everybody. Obviously, you're groaning because you know you hope that you're gonna win that. I mean, look, I, I'm not gonna sit here and, and and say that there wasn't some level of disappointment for me when we play Powerball. We know that there's like absolutely no chance that we're gonna win. We're still a little disappointed when you don't win. So right. how when we had like better odds than or as good of odds and better than most of getting the number one pick we don't come away with that how are you not disappointed but we also knew that if we ended up anywhere in the top three we won did we win the lottery per se of course not but but we won because we finished where the percentages said we would you know above where the percentages said that we would and we won because as much as zion sits on that lone top tier we have our pick of tier two which consists of two, which if you ask me, ain't too shabby. It, it ain't too shabby at all. And that was the consensus in the room. You know, when you, right. when you walk around and talk to everybody, you realize, look, we got a top three pick. And everybody was really satisfied that another tanking team didn't, didn't get above us. You know, you got Zion at one, right? And then there's a big drop off between Zion and Ja, apparently. And then... People think there's a, a little drop off between Ja and RJ. But then Some there's a huge do. drop off between RJ and below him. You know, there's another yeah. big drop. So getting into that three spot for RJ Barrett, who, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but before all this Zion hype started this season, a lot of people thought RJ could go number one. Yeah. And I even Let, heard some commentators during this season say they thought he should go number one. Yeah, I mean, look at what he did this season as a teammate to Zion. You know, right. Zion's on your team, and, and the numbers that he still put up, I mean, it's super impressive. The records that he set at Duke, you know, as a freshman at Duke, I mean, it's really impressive when you consider the fact of who was on his team, right? Let's pull his numbers up. Do you have them? Um, no, I don't so have he them. Averaged, I, so well, this yeah, season, I, he averaged 22.6. Which is exactly the boards, exactly what's four point three assists. I'm sorry, say it again. I talked right over you. Just under twenty three points a game, seven point six boards, four point three assists, forty five percent field goal shooting. Right. He actually averaged the same exact number of points as Zion, twenty two point six to the to the 
tenth of a point. <laughs> and he's a good all. I mean, he's a great athlete. He's a good all around player. He does every, a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. And right. they say like, even though like it's not representative of his three point percentage because it was down by like thirty percent, that he still is a good shot. Just you know, people go through. So I, I mean, I'm not that down in his shooting either. Dude, Zion shot. Yeah, he averaged twenty two point six two. 8.9 boards, two assists, 68% field goal shooting for Zion. Right, right. Which is, I mean, it's because he, all he does is dunk. Right. And how good of a of a credit is to RJ's personality, knowing that you're like, you know, touted as like the number one guy in the country going into the season. And yet, you know, nothing, there was never any any talk of any rumblings, you know, which, which you never, you know, you rarely get in college anyway in that type of atmosphere. But like he had no problem with Zion, you know, always being the focus. Um, and that's a good sign as, you know, for what the Knicks want to build here and what we have in our hopes of like getting these, this, you know, almost dream team, you know, or dream team duo right. coming to the Knicks this year. The fact that you could have a guy like RJ that clearly has a high ceiling Um and it could fit well into a system like this where you have superstars, you know, coming to your team. Him and Zion were actually extremely close. I was looking at RJ Barrett's Twitter profile and he was constantly retweeting Zion highlights. And then they did this, you know, one of these carpool karaoke things that you've seen on late night shows. They mm -hmm. did one with two of them in Zion's car singing songs together. It actually makes me wonder the possibility of them teaming up you know, if we end up dealing RJ and the two of them end up teaming up in New Orleans since they're so tight. We'll talk about that later, Barry. I want, I want to play some of these voicemail reactions. Sure. For you. Here is one. Fuck! Just fuck! Fuck! <laughs> so that was one. Was All that right. like right at the moment? <laughs> this guy <laughs> have you on speed dial? That was at 912. Which is not right after, no. and he was still extremely angry. <laughs> Here's another one. Oh, he had one more in him, I guess. <laughs> that was a separate one. I wanted to get four, damn it. Here's the most depressing macho man, Randy Savage. May he rest in peace, impersonator. Ever. I'm not even sure it's him. I couldn't tell for a while, but I'm pretty sure this is him. You know who it is. Fuck my life. So depressed. Oh, no. Your favorite. <laughs> and then we had... This is Poochie from Tottenville. You have no idea the ripple effect that this is going to cause us. Not getting that first pick. We're not getting KD. We're not getting Kyrie. Players are going to know that we're a snake-bitten franchise. I'm just heartbroken. I can't believe it. Why couldn't Silver just one time rig it for us? God knows we've earned it. I'm telling you now. Get ready for a black, black summer because it's happening. Bugsy from Tottenville, check it out. It's a hard next life. Was that Dickie V? I don't know. Do we have the most uh, like lunatic fans of this show? I don't understand. I don't know. But speaking of lunatic fans. Was that a real fucking voice? <laughs> my favorite 
voicemail caller James, James from Queens right. yeah. spotted me out at Slattery's. He recognized you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I gave him a fucking hug. I said, what I, is I he, said you're what my is favorite. He like? is, he, is he everything you envisioned? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, young. Um, I don't know. He must have been in a rush because like, I don't know. As soon as like we cut this, I'll play for you right now. He, he bolted. He's like, I got to go. And he just ran out the door. But, but yeah, yeah. Here, here's, here's everybody's favorite. James from Queens. He's your fucking favorite. I, I wouldn't say everybody's. Oh. I like. I like him. <laughs> What's up, guys? I am here with the James from Queens. What's up, James? Yes, let's go. We got the third pick. Screw the Lakers. They didn't get anything higher than us. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So you're feeling good. Yes. All right. Going into tonight, you're open for anything. Yeah, I was open for the fourth or higher. We got third, so it's all good. Let's go, Knicks. Wow, he's jacked up. He was jacked More up, than he man. is on the voicemails. <laughs> and was that the first time you, like, bumped into him, or you met him earlier and then you, you No, that was it. Later? That was it. Like I said, he must have been um, making his way to the exit, and I was, I was near there talking to some people, and, uh, yeah, he's, he spotted me out. Did you ask him what was up with that last voicemail from the last show, like, what was going on there? No, no, it didn't occur to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who else did you get? Who else did you speak to? Uh, you know, Vivek Vahadna, who writes for uh, Nick's Film School sometimes, and he's how on... How did you uh, say that name? What, yeah, how much did you practice that? I didn't. Vivek, I got that down. I took Vahadna? a stab at the... I said it with confidence. Did I, did I get it right? <laughs> I took a shot. Is that like the proper way to say it? I don't like, you know, Vivek Vahadna. <laughs> oh, hold on. Oh, here we go. Oh. Get your shit together, Barry. Yeah, I gotta get my shit together. So I'm here with Vivek Bahadna, often featured on Nothing But Nick's show. How you doing, Vivek? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So a few moments ago, we learned that the Knicks have the number three pick. Yep. Tell me how you feel. It's better than number five, in my opinion. Look, we had... In your opinion, anybody's opinion. I mean, anybody's opinion, right? Of course. Look, it, that's the worst case scenario. We got number three. It's not bad. We're 14% chance of getting it. So, I mean, it's better than what we could have got at five or four. And you know, now we still have some options still. If we want to pursue Anthony Davis, it's ironic because the Pelicans got the number one pick. So this opens up a whole bunch of opportunities to pursue in the summer. So, you know, I'm fine with it. Let's see how the combine goes and, you know, we'll make a better decision from there. But, hey, I'm not, I'm not too disappointed. All right, cool. All right. Yeah, and I mean, that's the overall impression I got from a lot of people. Everybody was, was pretty cool with the pick. They like the fact, they, they think we have options still, you know, even at number three. Um, yeah, it's a, still a super valuable, valuable pick, number three. It's the top, it's, it's the top, a top three pick in this year's draft. Only two other teams have a better asset. You know, there's always... So much value placed on the unknown, right? And so, yeah, the a lot of teams might really love R.J. Barrett. Like, he's a lot more valuable than any piece, any piece we have on our roster right now. Right, but... So we instantly got the best piece, the best asset on our roster is that number three pick. I will give you that. Okay, the number five pick would not have been the best asset on our roster. The number three see is better what, than the number five? Yes. <laughs> you don't think so? 
You don't think that people could argue that Mitchell Robinson's a better asset than the fifth pick in this year's draft? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Or or Dennis Smith Jr. or Kevin Knox. It's argue. The number you can't argue with the three. That's the best asset on our team. Right, right. But because it's not Mr. Williamson, you're gonna have to package stuff around that number three, probably more, you know, at least give something a little extra to sway New Orleans to let go of Anthony Davis. Yes, you before we get into that, Barry, guys, if you ever need to buy tickets to anything, use SeatGeek. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can find the seats you want for the price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. We use SeatGeek all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> uh, I lost my spot. If we ever need to buy tickets to anything, we use SeatGeek. You, Barry, yes, all the time. Our listeners get $20 <laughs> off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, use the promo code HARDNIXLIFE, all caps, no spaces, for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life is an event and we have the tickets. Before we get into the trade scenarios, you know what was interesting? What's that? I'm sure you remember during the season, you know, that clip of Zion being asked by RJ or some a teammate about playing for the Knicks when they were playing at the Garden during that tournament or whatever. And there's other instances during the season where the reports were that Zion wanted nothing to do with the Knicks, right? When the Knicks had a chance to get, you know, we're still with a chance to get him. Everyone loves to write about how Zion wants nothing to do with the Knicks. He, in that comment with RJ, he seemed to right, like, he chuckled laugh it a off. Bit. And, right. Yeah, yeah and it's almost like, RJ, you could, you could go play for the Knicks. Right. And now <laughs> suddenly, gonna... when the Pelicans land that number one pick, immediately, someone, who do you remember who reported this? No. There's a report that Zion was whisked away from whatever room he was in because he's upset that the New Orleans got the number one pick because he was hoping to go to New York. I mean, I read, I read he was hoping to go. I, I read he was hoping to go to New York or Atlanta. Um, right. Atlanta, just because it was like so close to South Carolina, which is where he's from. But yeah, but yeah, of course. Yeah, they love to throw that New York in there because now it's an impossibility. They yes, they love to do the shit just to Rub like rile up the it, Knicks fans. In it's some like hearing way. that D. Wade and LeBron, you know, that MSG was, you know, one of their choices. Before choosing <laughs> right. Miami, right? Like once it's not possible, then you're gonna say, "Oh, he really wanted you guys." Like fuck you. All right, enough. Zion, we can forget about Zion. He will never be a Nick, ever. And now some reports came out yesterday. Right, we're 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 putting this out two days later, so all our days are gonna be fucking messed up, Barry. That's all right. That Memphis has their eyes on John Morant, that they will definitely be selecting him at the number two, which is crazy that reports are coming out this quickly, you know? Right. I mean, but well, I, the, the, the two things to think about is like, number one, how much validity are there to these reports? And number two, we've got about a month between now and the draft, which, you know, there's going to be more interviews. There's going to be more workouts. There's going to be the combine. Um, so a lot of things that, you know, yeah, they may be up on Morant right now, but how far up over Barrett are they on Morant? And, you know, how likely is it that those two things can switch? 
Right. I actually, I wouldn't be shocked if teams see what those two are like in the combines and start questioning which one is better. You know? I can't believe all like the disgust I see from certain people about R.J. Barrett, how they hate him, how they think he's like a scumbag. I've, I've read stuff on Twitter, like from Knicks fans. A scumbag? Like, Why is he, how's he a scumbag? I, I have no, not, not that not his personality is a scumbag, but basically like the way that they're writing how he's like a garbage player. He's not this great talent. He's going to amount to nothing. Like I can, I can respect you for, you know, liking, you know, John Morant more than R.J. Barrett. You know, I have no problem with that, you know, but. To say that R.J. Barrett... I mean, that's fucking ridiculous. Be, Nobody how knows could you say anything. that? Exactly. First of all, he's still 18. I mean, these guys are 18. Well, you know what? Tre- look at how much how much hate Trey Young got last year going into the draft. How, yeah, he did all that stuff the first, hair, first half of uh, his freshman year. The NBA is a different game. There's no way he's going to do anything. And he had, he had a great year, you know, it turned right. out to be for him. There were Knicks fans that didn't want Trey Young because we had Trey Burke. <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> Uh, yes <laughs> they were like oh we're set at point guard we have trey burke we got frank well you know what else do we what else do we need you can't predict how these guys are going to play especially since they're so young i mean rj had those great numbers at 18 mm-hmm. playing for a big time team against other big time teams with zion williamson on his team yeah basically taking the ball most of the time yes right yes john rant's one year older than rj I think he's coming out as a sophomore. Right. He played, I mean, everyone loves Ja. I love Ja. I said it all year, so I'm not going to pretend all of a sudden that I like him less than RJ. Right. But there are arguments that can be made. You know, Ja played in a a smaller conference, smaller school against lesser competition. He's a year older. RJ has a ton of potential. A ton. I mean, the benefit of the Knicks here and their front office, if they do like R.J. Barrett and John ja Morant the same, it's not going to be up to them. Right. I mean, they're going to be stuck with one or the other. So, I mean, obviously, you're going to go do your due diligence. You're going to, you know, meet with other players because you don't know, you know, what crazy things might happen, you know, come draft day. So, you want to be prepared for anything. But, you know, like, yeah, like, let's say Memphis, for some reason, they fall in love with, with Culver or, or somebody like lower on the list, right? For some crazy reason. And then you do have Morant and Barrett on the board, which I get the fuck. I don't, out of I don't anticipate not, that happening. They're going to fall in love with Jarrett Culver. <laughs> I don't know. I read that the, some scouts think the ceiling for RJ Barrett is James Harden. Right. Which I don't even, I never even thought that was a, a comp for him. Right. But I don't watch enough college basketball to know that. What do you think? So before we were all thinking if we got Zion, we would have to use him if the Knicks wanted Anthony Davis from New Orleans. And then the craziest shit happens, as we all know. The Pelicans fucking somehow end up <laughs> with Zion without even having to trade for him. Do you think this lessens the chances of us being able to trade for AD? Because now, let me tell you my perspective, not on whether that's more or less likely to happen now, but before, the question was that everyone would always ask us, would we trade Zion for AD? And I definitely stirred up a lot of people on Twitter with this. And I was like, I don't even know if I would trade Zion for AD straight up. And maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but I really wasn't sure. 
And that, you know, and then you add in adding other players to Zion to trade for AD. And I was like, in no way. Unless we absolutely needed AD to sign KD and Kyrie. But now the question becomes like, RJ is not a Zion, you know? I know a lot of people believe, like me, believe that Zion could just instantly change the franchise just with him. And maybe you don't even need KD and Kyrie, even though we still want them. I don't know if RJ's that guy. So now I'm way more open way more open to trading RJ and a bunch of pieces like an RJ, Dennis Smith Jr., Frank, a couple for, you know, the two Dallas unprotected first round picks or something like that. Do you think that's something that that could pull Anthony Davis away from the Pelicans? Yeah, I mean, they're going to look around, you know, look, I, I mean, I think it's going to be one of three teams because I think these three teams are going to, have the best to give New Orleans and they're the three teams that Anthony Davis would be willing to go to. And that's LA, Boston, and the Knicks. Um, right. It's crazy because I really, I really could go either way with this Anthony Davis thing. I mean, obviously what I love to look at a Knicks front court next year of Mitchell Robinson next to Anthony Davis next to Kevin Durant, and then I got Kyrie in the backcourt? That's crazy. Are you kidding me? A 7-1 Mitchell Robinson next to 6-10 Anthony Davis, and what is Kevin Durant 6-9, although he, played, he seems taller out there. That's unreal. But if I get that for one year because Anthony Davis doesn't really want to be here and he just comes for one okay, year forget and leaves, that. Forget that thought. It, it would be – they would but actually, I, I, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to have that. Wow, that remember that 2019 to 2020 season, that team, that fucking no, lasted you're telling one year. Me, you're telling me that if they were able to, if they were able to make that deal and get Anthony Davis, even if we didn't know for certain he was going to resign with us, even though when you do deals no, no, like no. that, there's usually an agreement, right? But we still have Katie and Kyrie long term. I'm just saying, and that's all we why... pretty much have to do to keep Anthony Davis is make him realize that New York is a great place to be. We have a year to make that happen with those three superstars on the team. I mean, that team is. I mean, that that's not those that they become the favorites in the East with those three oh, guys. Dude, I'm that's sorry, crazy. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. There's no team in the East even close to <laughs> it's that. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's the only reason why I said I can go either way with it because of that chance that he might not stay. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? He fucking leaves. We still have Katie and Kyrie. We still have Katie and Kyrie, and we don't have that young RJ Barrett that we would have drafted. He would, you know, and leave. we're watching he him. He would do not what he's leave doing. that situation. He wouldn't. That's so worth the risk. It's hardly a gamble. Yeah, it would have to be such a fucking disaster. And you know what? Maybe that's good for us. Maybe. Like Anthony Davis is coming off a bit uh, because injuries Craig, and he's not healthy. Maybe it's good for us too. Yeah, but Craig to but, have him for one year and see what see how he is. Yeah, in New York. but not you, everyone you, you can de do. New you depleted York. your youth. We just said that with RJ. No, Barrett, but you would still keep Mitchell Robinson. I understand that, but with RJ Barrett, you and need Kevin a lot. Kevin Knox, maybe you need a lot more to give up in order for the Pelicans to go for that deal. So now you're giving up. You know, whatever. Frank Nilkey and I really don't care about it at this point. They could happen, but you're giving up probably Kevin Knox. You're giving up all these future picks. No, that why? You why RJ, RJ, Dennis Smith Jr., maybe Kevin Knox, and a couple picks that aren't even ours. So we, 
We'd be giving up like Dallas picks. So we they still aren't retain even ours. But they're ours. That's what we got for KP. We got them to use them, not to just keep drafting people. Yeah, but you got them to use them with what could be for one year. And Davis is gone. And then you're saying it was still worth it. We tried. And now we, yeah, we have KD and we have Kyrie. Yeah, what if that's they're getting what if, along year What if two. getting AD for one year is the only thing that gets us to actually get KD and Kyrie to come here over Brooklyn? Well, hey. That's fucking then, worth then, it. Then you got my fucking, you got my, you got my fucking vote. Let's do it. Even if there's a chance that Katie and Kyrie might change their minds, I say fucking go after AD then. That's why there's so many little moving pieces. Yes, of course, if KD says that's the way I'm coming, if you to get Anthony Davis, yeah, do whatever the fuck you got to do. Look at, look at the Brooklyn Nets and the Knicks right now, okay? Now, right you now. can make the argument, even though none of us think it will happen, but it could happen, that Katie and Kyrie just look at their team and they're like, you know what? That team's closer to competing. It's whatever. Okay, now add Anthony Davis to the Knicks. Which one of the, the, the Nets have any fucking shot of getting those two guys? No fucking shot. None. So you take Brooklyn out of the equation, which is a huge hurdle. It's a huge hurdle. That's a scary hurdle. <laughs> I would almost do that just to ensure they don't fucking go to Brooklyn. And if we don't get Katie and Kyrie, fine. We have Anthony Davis for the next year. But are if they did an, that Anthony deal, Davis, they would... Are Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, are they going to go like dance on stage after uh, they're all officially part of the Knicks, have like a little party? What, not one, not two, not three? You know, you know like a little... Uh, like LeBron, Wade, and Bosh? Exactly. Because no, this is better saying. than that. This would be better than that. It would be better than that. I know LeBron was on top at that time, <laughs> but this would be better than that. Come on. Yes, I mean, you got many people two, believe KD but, is the best player in the world yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, two, arguably two of the top five players, and you want to say Kyrie's in the top ten? I mean, that that's unreal. And then, like, one of the most exciting rookies in the of the year in Mitchell Robinson. It'd be great. Be sick. Chris Talk Broussard, about a Chris turnaround. Chris Broussard says the Knicks still have a clear path to build a super team with Anthony Davis yeah. after they got the third pick. Right. So, look, the Knicks have options. You know, we're not going to sit here and say they don't. We're in a good place. This is a great, this is a great, the greatest place for the Knicks is always in the offseason, let's face it. There's always nothing but hope. That's right. Speaking of nothing but hope, nothing but Knicks from the Gotham Sports Network. Ne eh, Gotham Sports Network. I caught up with uh, Andrew Claudio and Jeremy Cohen shortly after the, uh, the results. Take a listen. from Gotham Sports, who hosts the awesome Nothing But Knicks podcast. What's up, Andrew? What's up, Hard Knicks, Barry? I apologize. By the way, it doesn't even fucking sound like you, Barry. I do. I lost my voice. <laughs> I, I didn't realize how much screaming I was doing at that thing. And then today, I'm surprised I have my voice back now. Half the day today, I had no voice from all that screaming. Unbelievable. Sounds great. We're doing a little bit of screaming tonight, but... And, and move on over. We got Jeremy Cohen as well, his partner in crime. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm feeling all right. You know, it's not five. It's not four. You got flexibility for trade down, even trade up if you go to two. That's a little ambitious, but we'll see. All right. It sounds very positive. Andrew? I, I, I've been saying leading up to this, I think they're going to trade it regardless. This obviously changes things since their ideal trade partner got the number one pick. Um, but 
I can spin myself into a positive R.J. Barrett spin or an asset for Bradley Beal or one of the other big free agents or guys that needs to be traded. Um, like people have been saying, it could have been so much worse. If the Lakers got the one pick, if Dallas jumped to number two, I would have been so much less excited about this, but I'll take it. Number three, R.J. Barrett, or whoever they get at three, I'll take it. All right, so both of you guys are feeling... Between okay, okay and good. Knicks one. also Knicks are kind of in a position like the Rangers, where it's like they take whoever the Devils take, whereas like the Knicks take whoever the Grizzlies don't take, which I think is great. It takes a lot of the pressure off. It's like you just roll with it, whoever they go with. You you assess from there, and yeah, I, I agree. I I have this feeling that we don't see whoever gets picked third suiting up in a Knicks uniform, but there's so much that could be occurring. So we'll see. It's a hard Knicks life, Barry, when, when, you know, some of the most exciting parts of getting the number three pick is just that you didn't get a lower pick than the Lakers, the Mavs, <laughs> and that now all the pressure's off that we'll just take whoever's left after the first two guys are picked. You know, that's, those are the positives. Right. That was long, by that the was, way. That was a long clip. <laughs> you I speak to anyone else that night? Uh, I got one more. I got Wolf, uh, Alex, right? Alex Wolf. Yeah from uh, Posting and Toasting and Locked On. What's up? I'm here with Alex Wolf, host of Locked On Knicks. What's up, Alex? Yo, Barry. What's good? So, very simply, Alex, how do you feel? I feel like it could have gotten a lot worse than it did. So I'm happy that it didn't. Like, so Phoenix, uh, the Cavs, and the Bulls all dropped as far as they possibly could have, and the Knicks didn't. And with how things will traditionally go for the Knicks, I consider that a win. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> so everyone's fucking happy with it, Barry. Everybody's happy with it, man. I mean, you, you got to be because look at what could have been, right? It's not that same old story that the fucking Knicks got shit on. It's not. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that spin. I don't. By the way, you think there's a little drama left with Zion? The fact that in case he really doesn't want to be there? Yeah, the fact that he hasn't signed with an NBA agent yet. Oh. And they're saying he could use as leverage that he's just going to return to school. Yeah, I read that. But, I mean, can you do that? Can you declare yourself? Oh, yeah, I guess you can. You could declare yourself for the draft and then decide to go back to school as long as the yeah. draft didn't happen yet. Yeah, as long as he doesn't sign with an agent. And if anyone doesn't need an agent, it's Zion Williamson. But he knows he's going number one whenever he decides to go. So if he really doesn't there's want to no play way. in New Orleans, I mean, there's no listen. way he's going back to school. I mean, if you're if you if you're New Orleans, you you call it bluff, you know. If him and RJ are so tight, and Zion decides to go back to Duke, what if fucking RJ goes with him? Then you're well, fucking so screwed. Maybe RJ has an agent. Uh. <laughs> All right, dude, that's gonna do it for the show. We got like nothing to look forward to now for a while. So what do we got? A month and a half until free agency? Yeah, we got... I mean, let's get to the draft first. I mean, it's not all said and done. There could be a lot of moves that night, um, as everybody anticipates. When's the draft again? June 20th. June 20th. All right, so we got a month. Damn, that's coming up fast. June 20th. You can reach out to us. It's hardnextlife at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, at hardnextlife. Barry, what's yours? At Barry Dworkin. You could call, call us. Our, oh, call us. That's right. Call us. Leave us a voicemail. 516-336-3741. 516-33-MESH-1. 
Go to our Patreon site, patreon.com backslash hardnextlife. Subscribe to our show on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You know what was there last night? A lot of weed was in the air, inside the bar. A ton. Strong. And it definitely wasn't blowing in from the outside. It was in the... I mean, that's why everybody was so calm and cool about everything that went on. There was a lot of weed. (laughs) That's what people need for nights like that. You don't know what's going to happen. That's right. You don't want to be on edge. (laughs) One is already on edge. Whatever it takes, Barry. That's right. Whatever it takes. Because it is a hard... Nick's... Life. Wow. Smooth. See you, dude. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.